find a group of maybe 10, 15 people who are trying to do similar things or have similar goals on Instagram, you know, trying to get started, trying to build an audience and come together in like a WhatsApp group. Maybe have a monthly Zoom call, all hop on that call and talk about how you can help each other grow. Can you do giveaways together? Can you commit to sharing each other's content at least once a week? What can you do to really support each other? And you know, if all 15 of you have a thousand followers, that's you being exposed to 14,000 other people who might be your ideal clients. Hello and welcome to the Evercoach podcast, the online destination for a coach that wants to create a positive impact in the world and make good money along the way. I'm your host, Ajit Nawalka, and every week I'll bring you the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers, to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves. My guest today has some amazing, amazing knowledge, information, and insight for you as an entrepreneur. Today, my guest is Natalie Ellis. Natalie is co-founder of a platform called Boss Babe. If you go to Instagram and search for Boss Babe, you will see it has millions of followers and posts some amazing content to a very specific niche audience. The reason I wanted to bring Natalie was for two reasons. Firstly, she's somebody who truly is a powerful soul and thinks in systems and processes, which means anything that she talks about and gives to you is something that is replicable. You can take her strategies and utilize it and you'll start to see results. Secondly, because she is absolutely a rock star when it comes to social media and social engagement, especially Instagram, which is why I thought Natalie will be amazing to bring on today's episode so she can show you how she started from nothing and grew her platform to over a million followers on Instagram with multi-million dollars in revenue using content strategies, using strategies that allows for engagement, conversation, dialogue, and of course, transformation. So today's episode is dedicated towards Natalie Ellis showing you how you could also create content and use this content to be able to transform lives. You see, as a coach, as somebody who is a transformational leader out in the world, content and consistency of content may be one of the easiest ways to get you started to start interacting with the audience. Creating consistent content may be one of the easiest ways for you to continue to create interest in your work. You see, when I started my coaching practice, it was important for me to get some clients early on because I wanted to test the hypothesis of how I wanted to coach. And very importantly, I also needed results. I had just started Evercoach and all my investment, all the money that I was making was going back into the business. I needed something to sustain myself. And because of that, I had to come up with ideas that could help me get clients really quickly. Very early on, I learned the power of creating content that you could give away easily and engage with potential clients. You see, if you create content in a directed way, in a way where it speaks to the right audience, it speaks to the people that you really want to engage, that you really want to collaborate, the people that you really believe can be your ideal clients, you tend to get traction faster. Most of us make the classic mistake 
Most of us, most of the new coaches, make the classic mistake of trying to create content that appeals to a lot of people. We chase the likes instead of the conversations. And because of the chase for likes, because of looking at other people, because of social contagion, what tends to happen is our content becomes diluted and doesn't appeal to that one person that is vitally important for success, that one person that is vitally important for creating a client in your business. You see, when you're starting out, when you're new in the business of coaching, in the business of consulting, you need to understand that clients, having paying clients, having clients that are willing to test out your services, having clients that are willing to to play with you and see if you can create a transformation in your life is way more, significantly more important than just having more people listening to what you have to say. We often confuse likes for conversations. We often confuse dialogues that may be very superficial to dialogues that really create clients. So while we start the conversation with Natalie, I want you to take a mental note towards listening for insight. Don't just listen to the conversation as a conversation and try to take as many ideas down. As many ideas are not necessarily going to help you create a really powerful online brand using social channels. What's going to help you create a really powerful online channel is if you get the right ideas in your head and you are able to use them today to start building your practice. It's not about a lot of things that you can do. It's about the right things that you do at the right moments that creates clients, that creates results, that creates your brand. So whatever your agenda may be, whatever your long-term goal may be, remember, as a starting new coach or even as a seasoned coach who's just starting on social media, you want to think about your content in a way where it attracts clients, where it is right for the people that are right for you. Now, without further ado, Let me invite Natalie Alice. Thank you so much for taking the time, Natalie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am super pumped and excited to bring your story to our audience. Our audience is a group of coaches that want to create an impact in the world. And I recently discovered your brand, Boss Babe, and the impact it's been creating for female entrepreneurs. Before we get into any nitty gritty, how about you tell us a little bit about how you started this wonderful brand? So for me, I was that kid, at, you know, in school that was very entrepreneurial before I even knew what the word meant. And so I've always had that in me. And I started my first company when I was 13. I was doing web design. So I was always like the weird kid interested in entrepreneurship. And this really, for me, just continued throughout um, college. And when I was leaving college, I had the decision, do I want to take this amazing graduate job, which would pay off all my student debt and go the safe route? Or do I want to, you know, fulfill on this thing that was inside of me that just wanted to create? And I decided to go out and build my own business, even though I had no idea what I was going to do. And I'll not go into the full story, but there were, you know, lots of things that I was trying. And the biggest, those two big things that I kept coming up against. The first thing was no one around me understood what I was doing or why I was doing it. They just could not wrap their head around it. And the second thing was I was building my entire business off of the back of Google. Now, my first proper company out of college was a supplement company. And I was coming up with the actual recipe myself. I was manufacturing it. We eventually had a factory. It was very different kind of company to what I have now. And I was just doing everything off of Google. And it was a very slow process. And there was a lot of 
kind of road bumps along the way that I think probably could have been avoided had I had that support network of people that have experience in business, have been there, done that, could introduce me to people. But I felt like I was just figuring this out in the dark on my own. And so as as I was building this company, I was doing it with no marketing budget. So I went on to Instagram and I started just building an account for this company on Instagram. And it meant that when I was in product development for about a year, it meant that coming out of product development and finally launching, I had this base of around 10,000 people that I could sell to, which, you know, way back then was a lot of people. I mean, it still is, but it's a lot of people to have on an Instagram account. And a lot of people couldn't understand how I'd done it. And I was getting a lot of questions saying, how are you doing this? So I knew I was good at social media. I was really starting to pick that up probably a lot faster than I was picking up the manufacturing side of business. But we launched and we ended up shipping to over 60 countries. We were then stocked in over 200 stores. And all of this really came from Instagram. We had no other marketing channel. And this was really exciting. And it was also terrifying because I was doing it alone. And again, it was very lonely, had no support. And at the same time, I was really good at Instagram. So kind of fast forward, I decided I was going to bridge my passion with something I was really good at. So my passion for entrepreneurship with social media, the thing that I was really good at. And the one problem that I wanted to solve in the beginning was how can I make entrepreneurship less lonely for women? And how can I learn from people who've been there and done it? How can I learn from mentors? Because I didn't start this out as a mentor, coach, anyone like that. I started this out as a learner as I still am. And so we decided to start, we obviously we're growing an Instagram account and we decided to start our first product, which was called The Society. And it's a membership for female entrepreneurs. And the goal of The Society was let's bring in a mentor every month, someone that we look up to and want to learn from so that they can teach us as well as our community specific things about business, whether it's email list or social media or lots of different things. Um, and that's really how it started. And it's just grown being able to really connect with people on social media and put out content that other people weren't doing at the time. Of course they are now, but they weren't doing at the time. And we're constantly reiterating and really on the leading edge of social media content for women. And we're always evolving. We're always finding out what's the next thing that we can do to make women feel more supported, included, seen and heard. And that's really what the business has been. And it's, it's grown so organically because we understand who we're connecting to because me and my co-founder, we're speaking to ourselves. We've been on this journey. My co-founder um, had a brick and mortar business. She was a chiropractor before going into business with me as well. So the two of us just know what it's like to be in, in, in completely different industries and be building alone. And we really wanted to solve that problem. It's beautiful, beautiful. What I love about that story is how you found what you're really good at and kind of double down on that, if, if I may. Before I get into that, though, I, because I really want to understand what is it that you understood about social media that you believe is the foundation of success on social media? And, and I'm not talking about tactics because I know tactics evolve over time. And I know you're really good at it, but I also do believe that you have a deeper understanding of social channels. And I'd love to explore that. But before that, I, I was watching the, one, of, one of your interviews. I think it was with uh, Lisa Bilyeu. And I loved one of, the, one of the stories that you told about how you took a break for six months and did nothing. And that's how you found or created Boss Babe, I think, as an as a, as a afterproduct of that. Why I love that story is because it is such a unique thing that I very rarely 
hear people talking about is just say, you know, just don't do anything. Like take a pause because blank. I want you to fill that blank for me. What is it that pause did for you? What did that break that you take did for you that today has you find value in that pause? So before that, I felt like I was in a place of putting one foot after the other and really listening to the audience and launching thing after thing. And not that I couldn't really see what my business model was. I couldn't see the customer journey. I couldn't see what was scalable. And I just felt quite disconnected from the way we were doing it. It was very reactive and we were such a small team. We were just figuring things out as we were going along. And I really, once I decided, okay, I'm going to go all in with Bosso because at the time I was doing it on the side, it wasn't my full-time thing. I decided, okay, if it's time to go all in with this company, then I need to take a step back. I need to actually give myself enough time to look at it, to think about it and think about what kind of business I want to be growing, what kind of business feels aligned with me, my values, and who do we want to be in the world? How do we want to show up? What impact do we want to make? And I felt like I couldn't do that as well as the million other things I was doing, as well as, you know, launching thing after thing because our audience were asking for it. So we decided to take a pause for six months and yeah, we didn't sell anything. And a lot of people think that's crazy, but we didn't sell anything. And yes, we were potentially leaving money on the table, but stepping back to just listen and think and ideate and create meant that when we came back after six months, we got rid of everything that we were doing before that. And we launched with one product and we scaled that one thing until it was at a place where we felt comfortable adding one more thing into the business model. And even now we do very few things. We just do, we do few things really, really well. And I felt like before that I wasn't doing that. I was spreading myself so thin. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to this, especially if you have a side hustle and you have a full-time job and you might be, or you might be a full-time entrepreneur, but money isn't stable. So you say yes to everything because you're like, I need to pay my bills every month. And you can end up being on this magic carpet ride of business. And in a year's time, you might look at where you are and be like, how did I build this business that I'm working like crazy? I'm not completely lit up by what I'm doing and it's because in the early stages it can be really easy especially when you're not venture backed it can be really easy to just say yes and spread yourself too thin and before you know it your business is running you you're not really leading it that is that is so true and I can relate to that because this happened with us about two years ago where we we decided and and the reason why I'm telling this because I have a question for you there is we decided that we would strip like maybe 60% of all products we had on Evercoach. And the reason was very similar to what you had. It was, it was less to do with the time that it was taking to make things, but it was more to do with the quality of things that we were putting out. We we're putting out things because we knew every time we put a new thing out, we'll make money. So we said, okay, let's put more things out. And so we eventually, we ended up putting things out that we were not proud of anymore. We were like, okay, we're just doing this for the money. We're not doing it for the purpose of the organization or the purpose that we started the organization with. And that kind of, uh, that was kind of scary for me. Uh, it was because I was suddenly talking about maybe a million dollars in revenue a year that I was about to say, not doing it, not doing it, just completely abandoning the product saying we're not going to promote it. That means we are probably jeopardizing about a million dollars in revenue. Now the consequences of it was great because we actually doubled the company because we weren't focused on the few things like you rightly said. But what happened for you when you were about to take a six-month pause? And I asked this question because our listeners would probably be wondering the same thing. They might have found things that they are not really good at, or they are putting out products that are not really good at, or they are putting out services that are not good at. 
what goes what went on in your mind and what helped you overcome it did, did, was there fear anxiety around revenue on how you will take care of the bills of the team and what did you do as a consequence of that what what was the mindset yeah so it's really interesting because a this kind of started a little bit before that six months where I was in a visa process and I wasn't supposed to be working. And so I, if I wanted to stay in the country and wait for my visa here before it versus going to the UK and wait for my visa there, I couldn't work while I was here. And I decided I wanted to stay in America. I didn't want to go back to the UK. And so that meant I was going to put all of my revenue at risk. And so that really was the catalyst for wanting to take a pause versus I could have kept things going, just went back to the UK, waited for my visa, no problem and came back. But that was a real catalyst in encouraging me to take a pause. And through doing that, we actually had monthly recurring revenue. Um, we'd had monthly recurring revenue for such a long time that it felt comfortable enough to be able to step away and mm. um, kind of put everything on autopilot and step back, getting rid of products, felt scary yes i knew we were leaving money on the table but i'm a really big fan of thinking long term versus short term and i knew in the long term this was going to be a really good thing to do um and then beyond that i've always been really good with my money i've always made sure that i have really good savings i put it into smart investments and so i had been doing that for a really long time before this because I never wanted to feel like I'm living month to month or I don't have the freedom or flexibility to make decisions. And so I do think if you're gonna completely stop everything the way I did, then you need to be in the financial position to support yourself. Because if you stop doing everything and you're not making money and you're, and you're in that place of financial stress, that's not where the creativity is gonna come from, the motivation, the thing that's gonna really get you on track. Um, so I would say that piece there, when it comes to getting rid of product lines, things that maybe you don't feel aligned with or you're, you're, they're not your best work, it can also be really scary to pull that off. And every single quarter in our meetings at Boss Babe, we have this bit thing where like, how can we simplify to amplify? And it almost always means getting rid of something and people will fight in the company to keep this thing. So one thing that we just got rid of was we have a program called Instagram Accelerator, helps people grow and monetize Instagram accounts. And we've been running this program for um, a really long time now and people join this course and they get coaching alongside of it. And I'd been running these coaching calls for so long that there was no question that someone could ask me that I have not already answered. And so I felt like I could turn this course into DIY. I could upload those coaching calls and I could step away and I could put my attention on something else. And my team were not happy with this, this decision. They were like, you're crazy. This is such an amazing revenue driver for us. It brings in millions a year. Why would you not just keep doing it? And I feel like to really push to the next level and to be creating work that you're proud of, you need to free yourself up and decide, you know, you can't take all of your products with you to the next level. And it's all about cutting. And that can be really painful sometimes. It's like when you purge your closet, it can be really painful to get rid of that pair of jeans that you've had for 10 years and they fit you perfectly. And there's not, you know, there's nothing really wrong with them. But if you look at them, you know, you don't look amazing in them or that pair of jeans that you're just waiting to fit you. You think you're going to get there, but why keep them? It's painful to get rid of things, but you know, when you do, it makes room for new things and you can simplify and amplify as you go. And it's just something that I really live by and it's really served us as a company. We have so few things going on that we can keep doing things that we're proud of. That's amazing. And I love some of the nuggets that, that you, that you kind of said while you were, while you were explaining your journey, 
one of them that I really, really appreciate is you saying you got to plan out, like don't be in a situation where you are living month to month or situation to situation, because it will take away from your power of creativity. If you're living in fear, you can't be creative. And I feel a lot of individuals, especially new entrepreneurs, tend to live in fear and they don't plan their finances well enough or product suite well enough or don't find that courage that they can be creative. So thank you for sharing that. I think it's an important lesson for our listeners to realize that if they are leaning into fear, if they're operating from fear, let's try to figure out how we don't stay in that position so we can be creative, so we can be in, in a place where we can create things that are extraordinarily wonderful. And the second lesson that, that I hear you deliver is that you cannot up-level sometimes if you don't clean your closet first. If you want to clean your, if you want to up-level, you have to clean your closet. Throw that uh, old pair of jeans out so you can get some new clothing and some new attire that you really appreciate and appreciate to the level that you're playing at now. So thank you for sharing those two things that I'm taking away from this particular conversation. And what I would love for us to explore with, with the limited time that we have here is, is I love how your story started by saying, hey, I was really good at social media. I understand how to drive behavior and conversations on it. And without getting too much into the nitty gritty, what do you think are the foundations of anybody to be successful on social media channels? Something that anybody can take even six months from now and say, oh, this still works. So the first thing is, and people probably hear this a lot, but it's getting clear on your ideal client and then thinking about how you can show up for that ideal client in a way that not everyone else is. Because I think on social media, it can be really easy to show up the way everyone else is. Watching other people's stories, seeing other people's content. Oh, that looks good. That works. Let me go do that. And before you know it, you're a clone of every other account out there and there's no real reason for someone to follow you. So it's about getting so clear on your ideal client that you understand them inside and out and really think about how can I show up on a day-to-day -day basis that serves them and connects with them? Because people buy from people, especially in this kind of industry, they buy from people and they're going to buy from people that understand them and people that they can connect with and trust. Now, it's really hard to trust someone that doesn't show up consistently, that is in and out of social media. You see them one month and then you see them a couple of months later and you're like, wait, why did I even start following this person? It's really hard to trust someone that isn't consistent um, with their messaging. With, you know, if you are, let's say you're a health and fitness coach and you've been talking about veganism for three months and all of a sudden you're switching to carnivore. Well, people are going to be like, I cannot trust this person. Their messaging is so inconsistent. And yes, that's a, that's a quite an out there example, but that really, really counts. So when you're dialing in and thinking about your ideal client, you're thinking about how you can connect with them, how you can serve them. You want to do it through a lens of, well, what makes me unique? What are my values? How do I do what I do in a way that might not necessarily be the same as everyone else? And think about repetitive pillars that you have in your brand or personal life or whatever it is you show on social media that you can repeat over and over and over again. So one example I give is one of my clients, she is in the fitness industry and she sells online digital programs. And her approach to nutrition is very different to what I've ever seen before. And she has her coffee in the morning with sugar in it and fudge on the side. Okay. This is the very out there approach. And I said to her, if that's your approach, that's your approach, but you need to stick with it and be consistent. So every single day 
show your coffee, show what you're having every single day. And even though it seems boring and repetitive to the person doing it, for the people that are watching, they know what to expect from her stories. And there's a safe feeling in that. There's a trust in that. They know who they are. They know what they're getting and they know that they're living and breathing their values. And so for me, um, I have the exact same thing and I show up and I share the same things day in, day out. I share my daily agendas because one pillar of mine is that I'm really productive and I love to share that and help people do the same thing. So I share my agenda every single day in any hack throughout my day that helps me stay productive. So people know, okay, if I tune into Natalie's stories at 7am, I'm going to see her morning routine and her daily agenda. And there's a really trustworthy, safe feeling in that. And that's something that everyone can implement if they are really clear on who they're serving. Because if my audience were you know, really interested in, um, let's say, not working very much and making a ton of money, they probably wouldn't follow me because they're seeing all of these things I'm doing every day and they'd be like, nope, this is not the lifestyle for me. And I could easily be like, I'm going to go out there and just say that I have this freedom lifestyle where I don't really work and I make a ton of money, but it will be so out of integrity just because other people are doing it doesn't mean I want to do it. And so that's the first step. And when you're really getting clear on your ideal client, you have to go deep into that. You can't just be like, they're a female, you know, between 30 and 50 and they're interested in social media. Like it has to be deeper than that. What do they believe? What do they not believe? What are they striving for? What's stopping them from getting there? And then one more thing that I just want to share, which I think will continue to always be helpful is post paralysis is a real thing especially with people that social media doesn't necessarily come completely natural to them. They're like, you know what? Today is the day I am going to make an Instagram post. So they pick up their phone. They finally have a picture to use and they're like, okay, it's time to write the caption. And before you know it, half an hour has passed and they wrote and deleted a caption six times. And they're like, I am not posting this. It's utter garbage. I'm done. So they'll put it down and tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to post tomorrow. And if you find this happening to you, first me, uh, you're, it's so completely normal. I see this all the time. Um, and a really good way to counteract this, because I know probably a lot of you listening are the kind of people that maybe meet with your clients in real life and you work on that kind of close proximity with clients. Just imagine when you pick up your phone, close your eyes, imagine you sitting across the table from your client in a coffee shop. What are they asking you? What are their burning questions? And write them down. And so I just open up my iPhone and I have a folder in notes where I write down their questions as titles. And then when I'm ready to do an Instagram post, I hop into my notes and I just write a response to that question. Because you don't need to be the best copywriter in the world, but when you know how to really show up for your clients, that one hack is gonna take you from feeling really confused to being really, really clear on how to create content. That's, that's beautiful. And I think that is definitely a big pain uh, that anybody tries uh, when they're starting on social media, because a lot of, lot of the dialogue is, is A, what to write, and B, is this good enough uh, that I'm writing, which I think the hijack and the, and the hack that you suggested, which I think is brilliant, is just close your eyes, think about, the, think about the person that you're serving and answer their burning questions. And you've got the content, which is quality because you're answering a real problem. Natalie, one of, the, one of the things that I know is a real problem associated to that is when people create content, you put out a content and you don't get the response that you hoped for. I know it's relative and, and social media has an algorithm and so forth, 
Is there something that you suggest for individuals that are getting started? Let's say they are trying to get to their first 10,000 followers and so forth. What is it that you suggest that a person should be thinking mentally to be building the audience that they want to be building to be able to expand their businesses? Yeah, that's a really good question. And firstly, I would just say, for anyone that's worried about that, let me assure you, it is going to happen. You're going to put content out there that you're like, you know what, this is my best piece of content yet. And not a single person will comment on it and like it. And you'll be like, why did I waste my time? So just accept that it's going to happen and be willing to be consistent even when that happens, because we all start with zero followers, with maybe our mums and grandmas commenting on our posts, but we all start there. So um, what I would do, the first thing, and this is for anyone that's super new to social media, is connect your Facebook to your Instagram account. It's crazy how many people don't do this, but if you connect it, you might have a thousand friends on Facebook and all of a sudden you might find that you get a thousand followers on Instagram. So if you're starting from zero, this is just a really great thing to do in the beginning. And I say this because a lot of people when they're starting their businesses are starting out on Instagram. They get really embarrassed or nervous to kind of let their friends and family know, hey, this is what I'm doing. And so they won't take those steps and they try building this audience without anyone on there. So that's the first thing that I recommend. The second thing I recommend is pulling up a spreadsheet and finding 25 people that are that have your ideal clients as followers. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing similar things to you, but you're, you know that, okay, my ideal clients love these influencers. They follow these brands, these people. So pull up a spreadsheet and find 25 of those people that have your ideal clients as their followers. And what you'll do every day, you'll either do this yourself or if you have any team like a VA, they can do it for you. So every day, go into those people's accounts and find your ideal clients in their follower um, count and go through and engage with people. So if you're looking to get engagement, give more engagement. It's, it's kind of the same rule, which applies to a lot of things. But if that's what you're looking for, how can you show up and give more of that? So, you know, go through, like their pictures, give real comments and say, this was a really helpful piece of content. Thanks for sharing. Really, really engage with them. So that's the second thing. And I really recommend being consistent with that. So showing up daily. And I actually just ran an Instagram challenge where one of the days I had people doing this and I said to them, come back tomorrow and let me know what happened to your account overnight. And overnight, when you have an account with not a ton of followers and you do this, it's going to feel like your account has exploded because overnight they were getting so many followers, so many people DMing them saying, oh my God, I can't believe I've never found your account before. I just landed on it. The, the content you're sharing is amazing. It's really connecting with me. So that's a really powerful step to take. And then another step is I really recommend finding a mastermind group. So this is just something that you can do yourself. So find a group of maybe 10, 15 people who are trying to do similar things or have similar goals on Instagram, you know, trying to get started, trying to build an audience and come together in like a WhatsApp group, maybe have a monthly Zoom call, all hop on that call and talk about how you can help each other grow. Can you do giveaways together? Can you commit to sharing each other's content at least once a week? What can you do to really support each other? And, you know, if all 15 of you have a thousand followers, that's you being exposed to 14,000 other people who might be your ideal clients. When these people in your mastermind group post on social media, hop on there, like it, engage with it, share it. And if you are, you know, say you get those people commenting, say you've in a mastermind group with 15 people and those 15 people hop on your post and they all comment. 
go in there and reply to all those comments because instantly 15 comments will turn into 30. It's really, really good for your engagement. So it's always just about being consistent with it, making sure everything that you're doing, you're just really committing to and then figuring out on the back end how you can be engaging more and using Instagram as they want you to use it. Because the thing that underlies the, the entire Instagram algorithm, and I'm sure you hear that word a lot, the algorithm, the, the thing that decides whether your content gets shown over someone else's, the thing that the algorithm is built on is meaningful social interaction. And meaningful social interaction is liking people's posts, commenting on people's posts, DMing people, replying to stories. It's getting people doing the same thing on your account. And so if you just think about how can I engage on social meaningfully, then all the algorithmic stuff, all of that will come, that will follow. And you'll notice that your engagement is starting to build up. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. I think, I think the key nuggets that I'm taking away from this is, and I think the most important piece that really landed for me is if you want engagement, give engagement. If you are wanting to create a community, create a community and that would get you the expansion that you need and and you will keep compounding on that is is what i believe uh is is what you're what you're saying so thank you for sharing that something occurs to me and i know again this is one of the things that uh, when we were starting on on instagram as well our social media generally on our profiles it has been a, a thing that we've always been mindful of and something that you said in the starting of our conversation was I'm a really productive person. I'm a really productive person. And that, that is amazing to hear. And it also brings me to my question is how do you stay productive when you are doing social media? Uh, because I know of friends that spend the entire day on social media and it breaks my head. So I'm one of those guys that is never on it, doesn't understand it fully. And this is an enlightening conversation for me because I, I don't know what I'm doing really on social media. I mean, I know what I'm doing content wise, but generally there's no real agenda there just yet. So, so I'm curious, how do you stay productive as say a solopreneur or even as a team? What are some of the principles that you think people should be mindful of when working on social media? Yeah, so it can be really easy to get pulled into that endless scroll on social media. So for me, I really care a lot more about creation and curation than I do consumption. And I think for anyone that is in that creator seat, you really need to prioritize that. And if you spend so long scrolling, that's when you'll, you know, your content won't be so original because you're pulling ideas from everyone else. You will, that 30 minutes you could have spent putting a piece of content out there, you've spent actually just absorbing other people's content. You'll start to second guess yourself. Is my content good enough? Everyone seems to be doing a better job than me. So I just fundamentally know that scrolling isn't going to get me towards where I want to go. And then beyond that, I mean, it really comes down to what are my goals? So my goals are way different than anything to do with social media. And so I give myself a certain amount of time every day to go on social. So I have enough time every day to show up on stories in between what I'm doing. I'm not watching other people's stories. I'm just taking my phone around with me and I'm just storing the behind the scenes of my day. In the beginning, that used to take a lot more time than it does now. Now it's second nature. And a lot of people will look at me and be like, well, it just looks like you do it so easily. It takes me so long. And the truth is, yeah, it used to take me so long too, 
but you really get used to it. And so if you set that boundary of, I'm only going to go on there to create this story. I'm not going to look at anyone else's story. And every time you pick your phone up throughout the day, you're doing that in a creation mode. That really, really helps. And then when it comes to Instagram, I would really call a lot of people that you're following. If you're finding that your feed is constantly filled with new content, new stuff, and it's not adding value to your life, to your business, go on an unfollow spree. You don't need to be following thousands of people and just have people on there that really inspire you and you know you feel comfortable checking in with every now and then you don't need to be glued to your phone but it really comes down to boundaries it really comes down to knowing what you're working towards and not letting it's the same with emails the same with everything same with slack it can be so easy to get sucked into other people's content other people's priorities but if it's not moving you closer towards your goals then I would really limit the time spent so that's I really have so many boundaries in place so that I can be productive. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That that is that is definitely one of the reasons why I found a lot of productive people be very productive is because they clearly know what they want and what they don't want and they actively make it a point that anything that is out of the realm of that is not in their workflow. It's not on their calendars, just not available to them even to uh, indulge in it <laughs> because they just don't want that experience in their life. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's that's phenomenal that you're you're able to do that even on social media. So it can be done in any area of your life and it can be done on social media too. So thank you for sharing that. Natalie, what is it that you think that I should have asked that would have been fundamental and foundational to making this conversation even more awesome that I didn't ask? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think it would be around the realm of social media. And if I think about people listening and if they're hearing this conversation and what they might be stuck with, I think a big thing that they might be stuck with is how to really differentiate themselves from other people online. So I kind of touched on it in saying like how you can get clear on your values, how you can create content like that all those things and I feel like there's probably a lot of people wondering okay well I know what I'm good at but I just can't seem to figure out how to create content that's different and unique and high value enough that my account is growing without me having to employ growth tactics because it's one thing to go out there and create tons of viral content but if you're not a digital marketer and that's not something you want to spend time on I think a lot of people can struggle to understand how to do that and so I will share one hack for this. Um, there are a lot of sites like Creative Market and sites like that where you can go on and you can buy design templates that you can plug into Canva. Mm -hmm. So these design templates might be infographics. It might look like pie charts or it might be like comparison charts, things that on the outside look very polished, very well designed. You think there was a full social media team behind them, but actually it costs you $30. It plugs into a Canva account and you can go in, you can change the colors, the fonts, and you can input um, your own content to it. And this is something that I see working really, really well for people that are so good at what they do, but they aren't necessarily digital marketers. So um, I think that's a really, really good tip. So you could you know, you could take a look at this pie chart and you could be like, I actually think this would be a really good statistic to share. Or if I look at this comparison chart, um, I think I could really plug in some information that would really help. Or I have a really good quote that I think will resonate with a lot of people, but I'm not sure how to design it in a way that even looks aesthetically pleasing. 
then this is a really good tip and you can have everything in Canva. You don't need to know how to use any kind of fancy software and you download it and you can put it into an app called Planoly or any kind of planning app and you can start to see what your feed looks like. You can schedule it and this is all without needing a social media manager, any real external help and it can completely up-level your content game. And you recommend using all these different softwares, right? That's why you're yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people have success with Canva, um, especially if they don't know Photoshop, things like that. I personally use Planoly as um, an Instagram scheduler, but I know there are lots of different ones out there, which I haven't tried. I just love Planoly, so I stick with it. But I do recommend having things scheduled because um, what I do so that I'm not constantly getting trapped in the endless scroll of Instagram is I spend probably one hour a week scheduling all of my social media. And so I'll go into Planoly, I'll upload my captions, infographics, um, photos, everything like that. I'll schedule it and then it's set, it's going. I don't need to be constantly on social or waking up worried about showing up. It's just taken care of. And when it when I bring it back to productivity, that's another thing that I do. I just batch everything so that I'm not context switching because then context switching can be really exhausting. And so this is a way that you can just get that all done all at once and then move on to something else. Man, it feels like I could do a whole conversation with you around just being productive and being organized. And that would probably make a great episode in itself. But thank you so much for taking the time and investing this time with us and sharing with our audience as to how to be even more awesome with content and social media. Where can they find more about you, Natalie? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at I am Natalie and at bossbabe.inc. And then our website is bossbabe.com. Awesome. Thank you very much. We're going to link up, link up all those websites and Instagram links in the show notes. So you can always go and check that out right there as well. That was Natalie Ellis. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Wasn't that an amazing, amazing conversation? I loved speaking to Natalie. I love how she's structured, how she's thoughtful, how she's aware, and how she really puts in care in everything she does. Now, here is something that I want to invite you to do. Go ahead, first of all, check out Boss Babe because Natalie is amazing and you're going to love what she posts. Secondly, I invite you to consider, if you haven't yet, to go over to evercoach.com slash CBC. evercoach.com slash CBC. You see, one of the key things that we have found is if you want to create a successful company, if you want to become a successful coach, you need to have more and more success stories out in the world. More and more clients of yours need to win. The more and more people that interact with you and have a profound experience, have a transformational experience, have a, a spiritual experience, the greater is your likelihood of becoming more and more financially successful, more and more intellectually successful, and they're also able to create significantly more impact because every single client they interact with, they are able to create a transformation. I've been lucky that in the past few years, I've been able to create 577 successful entrepreneurs and case studies within the Evercoach ecosystem. And that does not even include my high-end clients. If you add in my high-end clients, you will see that we have repeatedly helped people get more confidence, more clarity, being able to double their businesses, double their profit margins. And we're able to do that again and again and again because of a very specific way that I coach. This coaching methodology is called first principle coaching. 
This is a unique way that I have developed to be able to find the real challenge that is stopping a company or an individual and help them live a greater life, help them create more revenue, help them create more clients, help them create more results. In this certification, I am giving you everything that you will need. In this certification, you will get a complete system that allows you to be a coach consultant, use the first principle coaching to find results despite the situation that you're in, use it in business, use it in life, use it in your own life, and be able to live an even better version of yourself. If you're somebody who's been always wanted to be a coach, somebody who is a coach and wants to upgrade their skills and find the new modern way of creating great impact out at companies and an individual's life, I highly encourage you to go to evercoach.com CBC. This is where you'll find Certified Business Coach, the program that you would want to sign up for because you want to get better at what you do. What you will also find is right now, we have some amazing bonuses that we are offering inside Certified Business Coach. As you sign up for Certified Business Coach, you will find we take care of training you to build your coaching business right as soon as your certification is over. We give you a profile on evercoach.com. That alone is huge. We give you access to a year-long mastermind so you can collaborate with other individuals who are getting certified, learn from each other, and build even better strategies to be able to expand on your business. And lastly, you get a full year membership for Coaching Mastery, our elite membership program that you get absolutely for free because we want you to continue getting better. It doesn't get better than this. Go over to evercoach.com CBC and join us in Certified Business Coach. I'd love to see you there. And until next time, take care. I am your host, Ajit Navlaka, and every week on the Evercoach podcast, I will bring the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves.